yeah, I don't know about the whole don't worry, darling trailer. I wanted to get your reaction on camera. What do you want? I think, dude, I think it could be a massive flop. It looks like. Oh, you mean in box office? Uh, well, and critically, potentially, no. I think it could. No. Oh, dude. Critically? No, I was getting I was getting get out vibes. I was, oh, I was not. The Matrix, the Truman Show that she. Dude, that she no, no, I didn't get any of that from the trailer. Dude, it's like a straight. It's like a sexual thriller. I've, I, dude, it felt like some. It's like a. It's. It's basically. It seems like you've ever heard of like the the Manhattan Project, where like people like the government paid for fam- families to live inside this community while the husbands and some of the wives, whatever, would go and build a nuclear bomb, but they wouldn't tell anybody about it. It feels like there's some type of conspiracy thing going on. Like the husbands are involved in something, while you're also getting like this steps for the reverse Stepford wives vibe, where like. The women are doing all this housework stuff, and there's other secrets that he was about to find out. I, dude, come on! Like it, it looks exciting. It really does. I, I think it will be a box it office. Look, it doesn't look exciting. That's yeah, I don't think it will be a box office success. I, but I think the critics will actually do pretty well in the ratings and all that. I'm, dude, it's Florence Pugh. Like she has the um, not well, definitely the it factor right going on, but like that um. Where like anything she does is just gonna be considered great, you know. And Olivia yeah. Wilde did really well her first time out, and it has fucking Chris Pine, man. Like, <sighs> I I might be the only one on that fucking boat apparently, which is weird. I know you think he's the best Chris. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, he's he's dude, he's power ranking up there, man. I I uh, I'm excited for it. I I know it was a long trailer, but it was still just really really fun to kind of see the the visuals and like the tense nature of like some scenes playing out but overall like i mean a sexual thriller and had that momentum of like no you can just stop there that's already you hear um, those two words and you're already i'm there ample I'm approval courtside courtside seats oh yeah i and i know like when it was first being worked on it they had dakota johnson and shia labeouf and i i really wish uh those two were still in it but uh. it happens it happens. I mean, you can rewatch Peanut Butter Falcon if you want to, but I don't think Shia LaBeouf is working for Dude, a good reason. You want to talk about a really good movie, Peanut Butter Falcon? Yeah, I a, love that movie. Really, if that—that that was one that actually surprised me. Um, so yeah, welcome to uh, Cinema Rivals, <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about trailers. Let's do it as our opening attraction. Which, now that I think about it, that's a really cool way to. To jump into the gun damn we could just been having a oh man i mean like yeah <laughs> you're, you're seeing stars. ideas come to light right before your ears <laughs> folks <laughs> no not your eyes that, that's a good way to yeah it is a good way to open the episode wow. we can do All like right. a little like wow. just well there you go wow people are getting insider information uh so yeah we're we're here again uh what we're gonna do this episode is we're gonna break down the summer slate because this weekend takes stains off for that Brett's going to start being a very busy person and I might join him Duh. in some of those areas. Uh, yeah. And we're also going to start things off by breaking down the latest episode of Moon Knight that was last week, which was episode five, the pro-ultimate episode as we get to the finale this week. Um, we kick things off as all Moon Knight episodes go. You know, we'll just kind of give our little quick, um, I guess, run-of-the-mill thoughts of it. Uh, however... I would kind of just say this episode a little different than that because this one was powerful. 
this one was probably one of the heaviest heaviest episodes that Disney shows have given us in terms of its grief and the actors just really, I mean, powerhouse performance by Oscar Isaac and double the work here. Um, if you want, I can let you, con- I'll, I'll let you take the boat here. Um, I will. Oh, good pun. I will say, um, right. Someone we know close to our hearts. He texts me after he watched this episode and said, finally, um, some character development, but it shouldn't take the fifth episode to get there. And that is quite bullshit. Once again, quite bullshit. And I've waited a week to tell you that so I can get re- your reaction now. No, you. Sh- I mean, you already sent me the, the screenshot of the text. I know that's what Did he I? said. Did yeah. I? Jeez, I really can't remember what I did last 24 Yeah, hours. I mean, that's wrong. You, you getting little, little tiny bits of character development to, that eventually escalate into a backstory style episode. That's kind of the Marvel formula for these shows, because I'm I just rewatched WandaVision in excitement for me getting to see Doctor Strange very, very soon. Um, And episode eight, the second to last episode in that series was nearly identical to this episode in that episode of WandaVision. It's the flashback episode. It's where uh, Agatha takes her back in time and shows her how she became who she is today shows her her growing up with her parents and the bomb and the Stark Industries rocket. Just like how in this episode of Moon Knight, they expertly display and give us this incredibly tragic backstory of Mark Spector, of him and what he and uh, what event like happened to his brother, unfortunately, and the fact that his mom blames him for the death of his brother and how that traumatized him and how he created a disassociated personality to cope with the trauma of being just berated and blamed for the death of your brother. That is that is so real life. It's so perfect. It's why Marvel is so good at their jobs. And I love I mean, it was a powerful episode. Like you said, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, I was listening to some some podcasts uh, covering the episode and they basically were just like, um, Oscar Isaac delivers one, the best performance that a Marvel actor has done in a long time within movies twice. and TV show. And he did it twice because he's playing two roles and right. I mean, they, they're each carrying a different weight. They're each carrying a different um, grief in, in the background. Of it's what a different talking. style of performance. Yeah, one is more wow. manic and energetic and, and Tim, but at the same time, timid and reserved. And then the other one who like Mark, he is, uh, conserved. He is holding back throughout the entire episode until he was ready to explode at the very end and reveal the truth of the situation. And the way he's playing the back and forth of both of these characters that are all it's so it's mind bending in and of itself because it's Oscar Isaac playing these two different characters, realizing different things about the same past. It's crazy. It's yeah. And it's, it's an expert well. storytelling. And to be like there, there was nothing for me up until that moment is crazy. <laughs> I know. I, I will say like, uh, especially cause we've had two episodes now, no suit. And I haven't even missed it. I, well, and it's, I mean, it, it's great seeing a show being able to pull that off because I know when we were getting the first trailer, they showed a lot of the suit and it turns out that's like, that's most of the material we've gotten of it. And, Almost two episodes. and I think a lot of that comes down to also is the fact that uh, Oscar Isaac is just one of the best actors in the game right now. And 
he can he can do that. Like if it might have been a different actor of a lower caliber, you might be like, well, shit, we need the suit. And right now, I think um, everyone can agree for the most part that he's the show's done very well with that. I mean, you want to get us going into the last episode with just the anticipation of like, man, you know, we're about to get a power um, episode. And and I saw the trailer release uh, of this final episode and they kind of really tease um, a pretty watch those a pretty they, lightly a pretty pretty good fight coming up um and so yeah. i'm excited to see what what we get i in terms of predictions i i mean i don't know um i don't think this will be the last of it i think we might get a season two honestly mm. uh but i think it could be in like what we've talked about before with like midnight suns you know they might tease yeah them. no there's there's no way they're not planning a midnight suns whole thing with characters like Blade, and I'm probably thinking the Black Knight, Kit Harrington's character from Eternals. Uh, those two make super sense to me. They could finally round off and bring back in Ghost Rider, like Robbie Reyes or Johnny Blaze or whoever, and like get some like good ass characters. The Punisher, John Bernthal, can come back for the Midnight Suns. That would be amazing. That has to be where they're going, and I am hoping they go more towards the rated R version. Now that they have all the like Marvel Netflix shows back into the canon of the thing and whatnot, they can kind of lean more towards that. And we get those kind of team ups going forward. That would be amazing because let's be honest, a character like Moon Knight doesn't fit in with the Avengers. It's it's like it's so, um, so otherworldly, so like very niche situations and. Oh, I mean, like, it doesn't even seem like Mark would be the type of guy that would play ball with those guys like. Right. So, I mean, so it does. It it just makes sense to do like a team of outlaw heroes that are like working and trying to take on this, the like more mythical and monstrous side of the MCU that they're displaying with all these mummies and vampires and whatnot. And he also carries a, a lot of baggage. So I, I wonder, yeah. like, I wonder what Marvel character would he do best with, you know, in terms of like team up. Uh, yeah, I'll do Blade. I want to see him and Blade. Moon Knight and Blade are going to be like a duo, I think, going wow. forward. I, I think they can go. They can go on like they can go on Tomb Raider style mercenary missions and like vampire castles or whatever. It would be sick. I might have to change my pants. I'll be back. And the dude, like those two, the Punisher fucking rolls up behind them. Just, well, they also have the ghost. The ghost. I've seen Ghost Riders a part of Midnight Suns too. Yeah, I, I um, like all these characters. I just said it would be insane to see all these characters. Well, that's the thing is like this is also the first or first uh, show that I feel, and you can kind of say within this phase that Marvel is starting to get into the dark side of things, and the characters that we just mentioned with Ghost Rider. Blade, Punisher, those are the dark side of Marvel superheroes or anti-villains. And and we, I mean, we haven't even really kind of discussed it yet, but like the only way Deadpool 3 gets made is if it's R, if it's really, you know, heavy on that material because of what we've gotten with the first one. So I wonder if like Marvel is finally accepting with like, we're going to go ahead and give stories like this and present you new characters and that grittier side of like, what some of us are battling on the inside. And we've seen that with this episode and a lot of shows within this, um, you know, phase four uh, universe. And I'm excited for that. I really do. I think it'd be kind of cool to kind of see the the gray side of what it's like to be a superhero. And that, um, that would be kind of, that would certainly be entertaining. Daredevil is another one. I know that we've talked about that show before, but they are bringing that back. And so I hope they keep that same touch of like, 
that that's just that grittiness and I mean, it's fun when you have your, you know, your James Gunn doing Guardians where you're, you're, you have jokes slashed in there and like the nature that we've gotten with Tom Holland, Spider-Man's like, that's all cute and it has its moments, but I think it'd be kind of cool to get a different type of um, tone within these superheroes. And if you've heard me talk about Blade before, like that'd be fucking sick if they got uh, anything close to that. Yeah. You know who's a member of the Midnight Suns? I know there's a fifth one that we got. Morbius. <laughs> I thought, um, ah. isn't Lobo some connection with that? Uh, that's DC guy. DC? My bad. Okay. Yeah. No, but Doctor Strange is. So, like, realistically, if you want to make this a movie situation, Doctor Strange leads the Midnight Suns as, like, because he also doesn't really function inside the Avengers very often. He's kind of doing his own magic-y thing. And that would also make more sense. But yeah, you got people. Uh, they also talked about Werewolf by Night. He's going to be a character. So he's also in the Midnight Sounds like, I want to see all of these people. Yeah, I saw that uh, with that Werewolf by Midnight show you were talking about, that that might be the first time we get our glimpse as with Blade. Uh, Marshall Lee might make Yeah, And I would be all for that. Because if you're lining things up, that is an October release. And it doesn't seem like Blade's going to be coming out anytime soon, possibly next October, uh, as they look into shooting, I think, this year or early next year. But, I mean, it it would be kind of neat to start getting um, those characters, those uh, superheroes or into, like, a quick appearance in a show or something. And even, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy... Uh, Kit Harrington from Eternals. Yes. This character is supposed to appear. Black Knight, Dane Whitman. Or just the Blade, I think, itself, too. The Ebony Blade. So we, there's there's a lot to... um, I, I don't want to say there's a lot to look forward to. I mean, I do... There have, is a lot to look forward to. Oh, MC, dude, Kevin Feige announced he's got the 10 years, next 10 years of Marvel planning out in his head right now, bro. I was I'm ready for it. The next TV show that's slated to come out, <laughs> but I oh, do I'm still ready for that, dude. I, I think I think we're gonna get a huge tonal shift, and some people are not gonna be super ready for how jarring it's gonna be going for this more gritty, darker horror t- style show. Like, dude, that scene in the cafeteria where it was just all of Mark's corpses that he killed mm, as a oh, mercenary yeah, yeah, yeah. that was amazing. That was an incredible scene, an incredible way to like re- like revisit and like have to deal with your past in visual form that was cool but i think we're gonna get less of that cool horror dark stuff and this is gonna be more of a like a happy-go-lucky uh like coming of age teenage story with miss marvel so i know that's what i'm getting going into it so i don't think i'm gonna be as disappointed as like a lot of people might be when they see her because also there's all the people bitching about her powers and i think we're still gonna see her stretchy limbs and whatever and people can just shut up That'd be that'd be that'd be something cool. So, uh, and yeah, that that'd be a pretty good. And then She Hulk, dude, I can't wait for She Hulk. That, oh. Everything's so quiet about that show, but like, we haven't seen anything but like those character, like those really quick images from that compilation trailer oh, of like all the shows on Disney Plus. That's all we've seen of that show. That's right. Yeah, I um. Oh. Did you lose your list? I lost my pen, but I realized I put it in my fucking pocket. Okay. So I, I have well, my- since we are talking about these new shows, we are going to transition into what new movies are coming out over this summer. 
look just quick looking over this list. Uh, yikes. It's kind of a disappointing summer, except for like some key moments, but especially have, August. Oh my God. Yeah. I think you might have two films a month that might bring the, that like, yeah, bring the, uh, the anticipation, if you want to call it that. Um, and outside of that, you just have like a couple like personal favorites that people might like that people might come to. Um, ones that are just completely outside of the box, like, well, I'm not doing anything tonight. Let's just let's just go to the movies or I'll see this movie again. And it seems like that's gonna be the slate. And just peeking ahead, August looks brutal, man. August looks brutal. So what we'll do is I'll just uh, I'll run through this list and we'll go month by month and kind of name out what's coming in the theaters. I have some names uh, with streaming. HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount, like all these kind of Amazon Prime, like some of them just kind of out of the blue will give you the release date, like coming up to it. So I only have a couple that I've caught uh, and I'll just kind of go ahead and, and as we get closer to them, I'll just kind of name them off in a way. Uh, So yeah, we'll, we'll start with what's coming out this weekend. Dr. Strange 2, I think uh, multitude of Madden, I guess I should say Dr. Strange multitude of madness. Um, multiverse multitude what what the fuck am i on just too many you uh, said it wrong twice i thought you were i did i did uh yeah this one after six and a half it's six and a half years i guess you can't really call it that because we were supposed to get it almost a year ago uh and then the delays with covid and pushing the calendars around where i think we got uh no we were always supposed to get this after no way home if i'm not mistaken yeah, uh, but this was supposed to come out in February. Yeah. I, mean, Dude, I don't know anymore. <laughs> oh, my this- God. Has everything been shifted around so many freaking times? I couldn't tell you what it used to be. Uh, I believe it was. I'm Now that I'm saying it, I just got to know because no idea. It's going to drive me bonkers here. But yeah, so this was originally slated to come out back in. Oh, fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> Internet Movie Database has failed. They have not mentioned, they're not mentioning it. But yeah, I think it was February and then it got pushed back to here. But still, like six years almost is kind of absurd, but it makes sense within its, the Marvel storyline because we've gotten to see Doctor Strange in the Affinity War and in Endgame, and we got to see him in No Way Home. So we have seen Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. We just haven't had him in a standalone film. And it's wild to say that because there's, char- there's key characters within this film the first one that we're finally getting to see pop up in the second one. And so it's kind of nice that we're close to it and we have, you know, perhaps the return of the legendary horror master director himself, Sam Raimi, bringing his talents to Marvel. And I think a lot of people are excited for that. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed that it's not full Raimi because they got to remember, you got to remember he's operating inside of a very much established universe. So he can't go full Raimi. Yes. And I think someone, including our friend from last episode is expecting full Raimi. And and that's exactly a good point. There is like, you're going to have two, you're going to have multiple crowds be generated to watch this film. You're going to have the crowd that loves Sam Raimi and you're going to have the crowd that loves Marvel and Doctor Strange. I mean, that's why Marvel was so successful with the last movie. You had all the Spider-Man Toby fans, Spider-Man Andrew fans and Spider-Man Tom fans to come out like no matter 
which movie was your favorite? You had to go see this new one because it rounded off all three of the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think we're on the cups of, I'm really curious about uh, <laughs> how um, this one plays off early. Uh, I know I was just kind of thinking myself early reactions. This might be like higher than black widow internals, but lower than no way home. And that's certainly how I see it. Even though I think that's I, almost a guarantee, even though I liked, however, like I'm saying like uh, black widow and internals, you know, I liked better than the other critics and other people um, just because I was able to kind of pull the, that we haven't seen this stuff before. You don't really know, you know, entirely too much of the material going into it. This one, however, when it's said and done, there's going to be so much that breaks out of it that it's, you know, it's um, we'll have ourselves a long conversation next week about it. And so I think we'll save majority of that for that episode. Uh, Right. And I know it's going to be too late for people to hear it, but there have been spoilers that have released online about this film already. And it's just disgusting that there are people out there who feel that it's their need to just share that shit. And that's, that's not like, who are you? And I mean, what kind of psychopath would like actively hear that there's a spoiler and then go looking for it on their own intentions instead of, you know, waiting until they watch the movie? I could I can't think of I, anyone who would do that. I was shocked when because like it just I follow way too many accounts and it popped up on my feed. Dude, that's kind of, I, I only follow like very. You follow God. <laughs> No, but Gandhi. Yeah. Buddha. Nah, dude. I'm I'm following Lord Zenu. Oh. Uh, me and Tom Cruise. Um. Ooh, hey, You made me lo- lose my my whole train of thought. So you're talking about people that you don't follow that many accounts because you don't want. Oh, right. No, I I follow people like Fandom and uh, Collider, and that's it. Not like the like gossipy well, ones. You know, funny how you say that. I later in the night though, TMZ also spoiled. Yeah, it. TMZs are a bunch of fucking tchotchkes, dude. So exactly. So I just I know it's going to be late by the time people actually get to hear. I've it. still avoided it for the most part. And I'm and glad. But, but the I'm- other day when the first of all, this sparks a whole nother conversation when it comes to trailers, because I think trailers as a whole across the board have been showing too much for too long. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing with Captain Carter that that totally was in the trailer. It's like, oh, that's something I guess could be a, a potential cameo, but I wasn't sure until you confirmed it. Thank you. We did not need that. Like, why are you showing more footage? Stop. Pull the end game shit where you only show like the first 30 minutes and that's it. You do the same thing with No Way Home. Yeah. I, why, are we on, why aren't we hiding these big reveals? Unless that means there's going to be bigger reveals. And if there are, that's fantastic. But we know about quite a few Illuminati members because, again, they use those words in the marketing like they didn't need to do that. Most of the people already assumed that's what it was going to be. Yeah, I just also wanted to warn you that the letterbox has it spoiled as well. So just be increasingly careful. Oh, like people's reviews? No, just, you know, they update cast lists, they update reviews, they update. Oh, yeah all that so just be careful like i'm trying to send so many warnings out because luckily i only have just over like 24 hours you, that's true yeah i mean true and and i don't <laughs> but it's already been spoiled for me yeah. but i know before you right <laughs> um 
So let's move on. The following week, Friday the 13th, we do not have Jason Voorhees stepping into a theater near year, but we do have a horror film. Um, Brett, I don't know if this is the first time of you hearing about it, but there's... No, dude, I keep... I had to move the poster around for this a while. Oh. For the, like a while ago. All right. Well, we have the film Firestarter, which is a reboot of a film that came out back in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. But more importantly, this film is led by Zac Efron. And this is... Oh, the first time he's playing a father, which is quite quite um, funny on its own rights. But yeah, this is a remake. And if you're not familiar with like the plot, it's a young girl who tries to understand that she has mysteriously gained this power to just set things on fire with her mind. Um, literally, fire starter. So not hard to figure that out either. Um, if I'm well, not, this was a Drew Barrymore role before yes. in the 80s, yeah, and it was like average, like it's one of those very powerful things that it's at its time, the pyrokinetic thing. And it had a pretty good, um, pretty good cast with that one. And this one, it looks like it's just you know, Zach Efron, uh, because the child actor they have in this one, I have not seen before in anything looking at our internet movie database background. and yeah, I would say this is, um, you know, if you're a fan of horror, that's going to be kind of cool. But is this the big question is what anytime I say is this with this being a horror film, is this produced by Blumhouse? Because that is a big uh, that's a big thing. Yes, Jason Blum. So it's it has an excellent producer at its helm. So don't expect Blum. Blumhouse just funds anything and everything. And if something is like a diamond in the rough and makes him some extra dollars, he's pumped. But like, so I don't know how big of a seal of approval that is. True. And also how many people wanted a Firestarter reboot? I thought it was what, Firestarter. What is that? Like, it, but yeah, no, I'm, I don't know. I'd maybe watch that. It's just, I don't watching horror movies, not in October just doesn't sit right with me. Like, oh, I'm too hot and sweaty to watch a horror movie in the summer. Dude, no shit. But hey, some, you know, it worked for The Conjuring. It's worked for some big films. Yeah. <laughs> Conjuring's the only one that comes in my fucking mind as I make that comment. Right. I, I, need, I need to provide more source material for that one. Yeah, but, but even like The Conjuring 3 that came out last year was kind of a disappointment. We don't, we don't talk. That we was, don't talk about. Brian. That was when things were getting released on HBO Max at the same time. Uh, yes. So then the next week, uh, I'm not going to give release dates because I think you. Can- oh, you already missed a huge Netflix release that week on the 13th. The Rebel Wilson led vehicle. Fucking kidding me right now. Uh, what's it called? Really Fuck. Oh, God, I lost it. Damn it. The bits ruined. Senior year. This is really what we're going to do. Yeah, maybe. All right. <laughs> That's a good troll job because that movie looks fucking horrible. And. I just can't. The premise is hilarious. Like, it's I woke up an adult and didn't have to go to school anymore. I'd be like, damn, I'm going to be pretty dumb, but I'm not going back to school. Maybe. I think to save the purpose of the joke here is that we there is someone that will watch it because it's on Netflix and it would be. Yeah, exactly. It's free, dude. It's just there. Did no moving on. (laughs) So we're still in May. We have this Downton Abbey sequel, uh, Downton Abbey, A New Era. Kind of surprised to see that we have a sequel, but I was a fan of the first one after only seeing a very few of the TV show. 
uh it's it's fun i mean it's a good hang i'm not gonna lie like it's I a watched, good hang dude I watched yeah it. me and my all my 90 year old friends hey, that are i, I took my mother the theater took my mother to see the first one on her birthday because it just happened to come out that time but it's yeah i mean hey it doesn't look like um a superhero film or a film where you need to be prepared for like it's high octane action but it's gonna be you know what it is and it will bring a fan base and for me having this on my box office movie drop i'm not disappointed at all with it having a, a summer release date and especially it th- i think this would have benefited if it came out on mother's day weekend however that's not the case now this next film it's a limited release on this weekend uh, as it expands wider so it probably won't get a wider release till june but that is the film men which is Alex Garland's next film. And if you have not seen his previous works of Annihilation and Ex Machina, just stop uh, this podcast right now and go back, go watch those and then come back and join us. But Men is uh, a 24 produced film. Uh, what more do I need to say? I think I've said three things, but let's just throw you one more. Jesse Buckley. Let's go. Put your seatbelts on. Get, let's let's go for a drive. Let's go to your local movie house. Let's watch this fucking you're, film. You're saying that like people are going to know, know who you're talking about. <laughs> Award nominated actress, Jesse Buckley. Man, I'm excited. Yeah. So I, there's really, I mean, to describe the plot, it's kind of kind of interesting. But like the trailer gives off this weird vibes of like, uh, I, I don't I don't know, like um, a church. I don't want to say like biblical storyline or something like that but it seems like that from what i saw in the trailer and then it also stores rory kinnear who seemingly plays every single man character in the film and so i'm mm-hmm. i'm excited to see that uh and it gives off this weird sci-fi drama vibe from the trailer and like yeah i'm excited like seeing jesse buckley just hold down the fort for an entire film again i i'm always there for that uh and can't wait to see more of it um yeah, I, not the last time you heard me talk about this film because I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Fan, fans of Alex Garland films prior, and I know you and I have had a very lovely debate about the meaning of Ex Machina at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, yeah, I hardly <laughs> remember that conversation. <laughs> Darn, I was hoping you'd do. Guess we'll have to relive it. Yeah, do yeah, you have, for sure. you have any words on these two films? Um, no, dude, because I'm not going to be watching those movies that weekend, bro. My attention is going to be very much elsewhere on Disney Plus watching Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, the movie, the newest entry in the world of movies that are live action with animated characters inserted into the world. And there is so much IP that they're pumping into this movie. If you watch the newest trailer, there is so many Easter eggs. I cannot wait. It seems super self-referential. It seems like they know what they're making with this movie. It's the guys behind Lonely Island. You like the movie Hot Rod? Those fucking guys are making the Chippendale movie, bro. No one asked for this except for me. I'm the my favorite movie of all time. Who framed Roger Rabbit? There's so much of that in this movie. It seems like I cannot be more excited about it. And I love the show growing up, dude. It was uh, you, you watch the Chippendale guys and, and Monterey Jack and Gadget solving mysteries. And it was great. And uh, it seems like they're doing the thing where they're like washed up TV actors. And I love that. I think that's really funny. Well, not just that. like cartoons come out of their world and into ours as working actors, like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, is such an, an amusing gimmick to me. 
it's not just that it's also that one gets the cgi facelift or whatever in a way plastic right uh, and the other one remains as the animated that's character. a good that's a good like a in more, like a like a, a real life reference to the 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 industry and it's like a fun way to have different character designs <laughs> right uh i will be watching it uh but i think the following animated film will have my attention more and that is the heavily weighted film bob's burgers it's finally getting its movie adaptation that i think has been what 10 years in the making it seems yeah i mean <laughs> it seems longer than COVID. i don't know if that's a good joke to be saying right now i was just um, talking about this at work it's like it's not like they didn't make 17 seasons of the simpsons before they made the movie and then continued to make the simpsons after the fact like bob's burgers yeah has been out for a very long time and I'm pretty sure they're still making new episodes. Sure. So why not make a movie if they have a story to tell uh, that is that is in need of the big feature film size and scale, then go ahead and fucking tell it. That's why Family Guy has never made a movie, because Seth MacFarlane has never come up with an idea that is this needing of that kind of size and scale of like a feature film. But apparently Bob's Burgers got the people behind that show did it. And I love Bob's Burgers, dude. It's oh, yeah. it's quietly up there as one of the best animated TV shows of all time. Like your South Parks, your family guys, your Simpsons. And I'm very excited for this movie. And hopefully they do the uh, the right thing and make sure even though there's going to be probably some huge names as like casts and cameos, they're giving the the rightful due to the the, the voice actors of the main cast. Oh, there's no way in hell you can make this without those guys, though. Right, exactly. Like your Christian Sauls, your John H. Benjamins, and and the rest of the crew. I I must say, um, you this might really blow your socks off. Um, I was I like I've I have kind of lost track of where I'm at on watching Bob's Burgers, but I remember I was binging the hell out of it, and at the same time. I was binging the hell out of Archer. I was a really big fan. Of that. Oh, that's ho- why. Why would you do that to yourself? And I did they cross over oh, at like while yeah. watching it because that would have been a just, trip. Just wait for this, okay? It took me till about a year later to realize it was both H. John Benjamin. <laughs> what? <laughs> Your face. I know. I. <laughs> I don't know. And and you want to know what brought it together? No you want to know what brought it together? The Arby's commercial. Because Bro, what about <laughs> what about the convenience store clerk guy in Family Guy? Did you think he was a different person too? I never, dude. I'm, I'm I'm on the record of not liking Family Guy. Not 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 saying I don't like it, but saying like I don't watch it religiously, and like I just don't care to spend. I love the Family hours. Guy. I, and I know there's a, there's a brilliance. I understand that, but it's just not for me. But Bob's Burgers and Archer, I love that shit. But yeah, it's, it was kind of hilarious. Where I'm just like watching this Arby's commercial, and I'm like. Huh. And then I go to like Bob's Burgers or Archer and I'm like, these guys sound so familiar. And and Wet Hot American Summer. D- oh, dude. That he's the guy. can of corn or whatever. He's, he's the great. Uh, and then I think that same weekend, um, nothing else comes out, right? I think we're going to move on to, to June. Oh, wait. We got, Whoa. we got finally we have our first Tom Cruise film. In about four years, I think the longest is three, Top Gun Maverick. We are finally getting a sequel. After years of waiting, um, didn't think we'd ever get this 
I mean, I know Tom Cruise is a pretty, pretty, uh, I shouldn't say like vocal, but he was never going to do a sequel unless the story, you know how they say, I had to wait till the story had meaning to it. I had to wait till the story like brought a, brought a purpose to bring the character back. And Todd, Tom Cruise is no, no stranger when it comes to sequels, especially to characters he's notoriously <laughs> done. I mean, we were about to get fucking nine Mission Impossible films. Uh, I would say Top Gun yeah. Maverick is pretty high on my summer list of movies I'm excited for. I mean, I it's it's a film that comes out my birthday weekend. You can't you can't make that shit up because that's always a fun thing to look at. I want to see this on the biggest screen possible, IMAX, all that shit, all that jazz. I it's like, I mean, we're gonna spend so much time talking about this movie. I'm sure when it comes out because, you know, thirty years. Near, nearly 30 years of waiting for this and i mean anytime tom cruise brings a film like this to the screen you you got to go to that and they're like they're really in the air like when they're shooting those scenes where they're inside those uh flyer flyer jets they're fucking like they're doing that shit for real like they have the technology now to put cameras in the we have the technology and, and yeah and it's i mean i'm fucking excited for it and it, just the cast alone like you get you're getting um miles teller coming back to play the son of goose who, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good casting cast me. And it was one of the, I remember it was very touted role that a lot of young actors were trying to get. Like there was a, obviously it's a big step for people's careers and we've seen Miles Teller before and, and he got that. Also you're seeing uh, supposedly the return of Val Kilmer. Uh, I don't know. I think Ooh. it's just a small, I think it's just a small bit. Uh, well, he, I thought I thought what we got in this last trailer was about all we were going to get mention of Iceman. That's what I'm. That's what I wasn't sure if I. I don't know, dude. He is not okay, and unless they filmed it like before he had his whole uh, true cancer and destroy and everything that happened, that would be. Yeah. I would be very unlikely to see him on camera. The only reason he was in Jay and Silent Bob the reboot was because he was playing blunt man or silent bob so he didn't have to say anything yeah and then you're also getting john ham st louis legend yeah. Harris, glenn powell who is about to really make a statement for people to get ready to see those uh it's but it's glenn powell's world now glenn powell it's his world that he's stepping into and a lot of younger actors out there too i mean david ramirez jay ellis uh your Monica Barbaro, but a lot of talent, young cast led by Tom Cruise action film uh, has, I guess you can start saying the top gun. Oh yeah. Glenn Powell is that guy whose eyes are too close together. I couldn't remember who that was. Whoa. Oh, and um, Jennifer Conley. I should be shamed for not repeating saying that earlier, but Jennifer Conley plays a love interest and I'm, yeah. Is, but uh, what about is what's her face in this? She's not back. And there was um, a lot of controversy. There was a I lot remember of her name. Uh, wasn't it it wasn't kathleen turner was it no it was no um, please stand by for commission report it was kelly mcgillis mcgillis there it is yeah and she's been very vocal about how she says that it's because she's not attractive enough which you just don't like hearing that that being the case um but yeah we're going into that's it's gonna wrap up may so now we're gonna kind of get into june which is (laughs) a wild bunch on its own uh now one thing that's like i kind of want to like say as we're getting uh, you know deeper into the calendar here but with with the summer blockbusters you know invented by jaws let's be real it was the first film that really introduced like people being in lines during the summer and it created that term the blockbuster and created what we know know 
what we what we know now as you know the summer blockbusters and your big films get released around this time it you also kind of look like every week you usually get big films studios competing against one another or studios that space their shit out because they don't want that you're you're you this is a really good summer where that is the case where you'll have a week where something big comes out and a week where small films it's not just like limited or independent films but just even small not even small studios but just lower tier whatever and so we're gonna get that a lot this summer and we're gonna get a lot of just um i i, I should say uh flavor is for me but flavor is not for uh other people but i mean i'm excited for all that to come it's it also kind of should be noted that like um the the summer black pleasures there's always those films that come out of nowhere that make money and that's always a good thing to see uh especially with the talent that it brings and the hard work that comes for for making movies to begin with too because you don't just want to see those big films that make the bulk of its money. Cause I mean, we're going to be mentioning some big ones that have pre-existing IP pre-existing dominance at the box office um, prehistorically to say. Uh, <laughs> and as, um, and as we get down to the end of it, you know, uh, the people only look at numbers. They don't look at like what reviews were or what, you know, smaller inputs became about and word of mouth and like, you just you just want to you just want to see that that um, that not be the case in a way. Uh, but as long as we live, I think we'll continue having summer blockbusters. There was a time where the summer blockbusters started in April, but but as we just kind of had, that's not the case anymore. Um, at least right now. So going into June, your your first week, there's really not too much coming out. There is the independent film thing. Yeah, there's, there's supposedly it's getting a wide release. Um, I'm kind of interested to see about it. Reviews have been very average. It stars Mickey Monroe, probably more famously for and uh, it follows. And I will say she was an independent day, but we don't need to repeat that. Uh, it yeah, it's resurgence. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, you're re- you're repeating it. No, she was definitely. No, I just I was like, well, you. Re- I thought you were talking. She was in the original. And I was like. No, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's Watcher. Uh, trailer's out. If you want to, you know, catch that, go for it. It has um, that's, you know, stalker vibe trailer with the mystery to it. Uh, sometimes those films pan out, pan out. Looking at it right now, it has about a 90 minute runtime. So it might benefit from that. But if um, that's something you're into, go for it. I know I will be watching it. There's also, uh, I know Internet Movie Database does not have this, but <laughs> Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg's new film. Uh, I can't say it enough. Like after watching that first trailer and hearing some of just the tweets about this film, uh, I heard that. So this this is uh, a film, like I said, David Cronenberg. It stars Viggo Mortensen, Lacey Duke, Kristen Stewart, uh, Scott Speedman, if, if anybody really knows him. But it's, I mean, from what the plot kind of gives us uh, a deep dive into the not so distant future in which humankind is learning to adapt its genetic surroundings. Uh, this evolution moves humans beyond their natural state into metamorphosis, which alters their biological makeup. That sounds just e- extraordinary in terms of like, how am I going to grasp the understanding to it? The trailer is out for that one. It doesn't reveal a lot, which uh, I enjoy that because you sometimes do want to go into these films with a little mystery to it. Um, yeah, there were some tweets out there that kind of talked about Kristen Stewart really has a scene that is very shocking in a way of what her character does. And I, I can't wait to see that. But 
Viggo Mortensen, I mean, it's always fucking awesome to see him on screen. It has been since Lord of the Rings, and it will continue to be. So I, I'm thinking that this has a June release. It's just one of those films where it'll start off limited and it'll work its way up. Um, Brett, if you ever want to tip your toes into David Cronenberg, I highly recommend watching the film. I know about Cronenberg. Right, well, I'm just trying to get you. <laughs> get, get the fuck out of here. You had me so excited. This I watched, week. dude, I love The Fly. I Yeah, he has some really great films as, as wild yeah. as they are. That's the kind of horror I like because I kind of have disassociated myself from like the demons and the ghosties. And I'm like, oh, these are like film tricks. And obviously this is this is not real type stuff. But like you give me body horror and gore that looks real then you get me queasy and like you're giving me a whole visceral reaction and i was getting that from the trailer if you ask me yeah he's, so he's i mean really i'm ready for body, that movie yeah. but that, that's flesh. not your that's not your take your kids out to the theater on a hot summer day to cool off type of movie yeah go get a babysitter certainly get a get a babysitter for that film. and the next week we have um as my previously established really bad joke worked not good on you jurassic world dominion the third film in this time i thought it was dominier dominier whatever it's french no i'm <laughs> you were right <laughs> I, I was like as bad as my pronunciations are that <laughs> wouldn't surprise me just you know what i'll go to a box office like can i get the ticket for jurassic world dominier dominier please por favor uh no dude i my i've been on a roller coaster of emotions when it comes to this third jurassic park movie i like i love jurassic world it's the best steven spielberg movie in my opinion no jurassic park okay i i know i said i love jurassic world and jurassic park is probably my it's like my favorite steven spielberg movie and listen to our spielberg podcast yeah absolutely uh the other movies are other movies like they the, they all have their like issues, their various issues. For some reason, they had to follow. First one was only Ian Malcolm. The other one was only Dr. Grant. I don't know why, but then you get to Jurassic World, which I thought was a really great way to like reinvigorate this franchise. And I thought that movie works really well. Like, absolutely. I have very few issues with that movie. But then you get to Fallen Kingdom and a movie that it almost feels like we were promised like an escape from the island and then let loose on the city style movie that ended up being stuck inside of a house with a weird auction and a weird endoraptor type situation where it's just like a more angry, smarter raptor that still loses in the end. Um, And then they're finally released. Now that we're here at this third movie, they have finally decided to do the right thing. And instead of giving just jeff goldblum five minutes in one movie they are bringing back dr ian malcolm they are bringing back uh the oh my god i almost said richard grant but now i'm not now i'm blanking ian grant yeah dr ian grant and now at the end the chick (laughs) my brain is not working ellie Ellie sattler or laura dern and sam neill Sam Neill, respectively. Thank and you for all the help on there. BD1. But they're all back. They all look like they're going to be like integral p- pieces of the plot. So we're not just going to get like cameo type things. 
They're all back. The dinosaurs are loose. We're seeing dinosaurs and how we have to deal with them. In, like if like invading real life, our world. And that's where I think Jurassic Park should be have gone if, as far as sequels go all this time. And we're finally here only six movies later. Yeah, I mean, it was heavily teased at the end of Jurassic World to, uh, I guess, right. Lost Fallen World. Kingdom. That's they were finally releasing no. the dinos. No, Lost World. It was. Oh, that is also World. true. They do the T Rex in San Diego. We they get a tease really of that with one yeah. dinosaur. And I and I think that was the best part of the sequel. Uh, and and sure. then and then obviously you go back to the island in the third one. Uh, I honestly I can't wait till we get to this because I think we could have a really good episode about breaking down the whole Jurassic. As his entire the Jurassic game. saga. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it just because we're getting the, the original cast back and they look like they um, they want to be there. And like, that's a really cool sign uh, with that. And it seems like the story has that bigger scope to it because we're not just kind of isolated on the island, which sometimes it just gets very repetitive. Um, and I think that like we were just saying with the Lost Kingdom and, or the Fallen Kingdom and how bad that one um that one kind of turned out to be uh it was good in the first half and the second half it kind of really loses its leg um it's it's uh that the whole uh but yeah uh and then what you're saying with Jurassic World um how that one was when it came out like that was just like honestly a surprise in terms of like how well received it was how much money it made and it really goes to show you that people want to see dinosaurs on screen again and I'm excited to kind of get into this one and I don't know if it's accurate, but like I'm already seeing that it's nearly two and a half hours. And so like that's going to be what might draw people away from it, to be honest. So we'll we'll see that looks to be the longest one of its. I mean, if this is truly the conclusion that they are selling this to be, then, yeah, I'm fine with that runtime. But if they're going to meander and there's going to be like seven plot threads and subplots and we're going to get as little dinosaurs as possible inside of a two and a half hour runtime, then they're going to fuck this up. But just from what we've gotten with the trailer, I do not believe that's what we're going to, to end no, up. Getting. We're, we're going to get a Jurassic world 2049 in a couple years. Nice. All the, <laughs> all the dinosaurs have lasers on their heads. The freaking laser beams. They're freaking, they got freaking lasers shooting out of their freaking heads, dude. Yeah. Uh, I'll be, uh, and, <laughs> I will speaking of shooting lasers. Well, <laughs> but, okay. Good hold on. Good turn here, but I just want to note that with Jurassic World, they kind of casted Chris Pratt at the right possible time because everyone hates him now, for, you know, for some reason. Yeah, that's dude, what a wild turn. Like, I don't know if I want to do 10 minutes on this topic, but can we talk about how likable and like how everyone was like, oh, the guy in I, I even said this, the, the number one guy in Hollywood I want to have with uh, beer with is Chris Pratt. And then you find out he divorced. He divorces Anna Ferris. He is apparently super incredibly religious. He marries the Schwarzenegger girl. He says like all these controversial religious things about god and and repentant or whatever I, I think i'm getting that wrong but like he's definitely said some controversial had some controversial comments it's, it's like the apparently like, and now everyone's just collectively empathic. like fuck you chris pratt stop voicing every iconic animated character well that is a running joke but like yeah uh, the church he goes to is very anti um homosexual yeah very positive into yeah what 
society has become now. And then like you're saying perfectly though, uh, ever since he divorced Anna Paris, it was like downhill from there. And like people, I've seen things that talk about how, cause his son has a learning disability and mm-hmm. people say that he kind of is not the father he should be with that. And like, you just really hate hearing stories about that. True or not. Yeah, I not mean, like, that. I, I, I heard that during their, their, while they were still together. And I was like, well, he, I mean, man, he is a very busy gentleman. And he's making this money for his son, like for his family, so that they can live a very incredible, happy life and have all these these resources and things. And it's like, I get it. But at at the same time, yeah, you got to you can't just like up and ditch your kid for 17 months in a year. Like it's not realistic. Uh, Yeah, certainly so. And we'll we'll see how we we get um, when that film comes out. Like I said, it's it's a long one. Uh, and speaking about lasers, we have, I think the film, everyone has been waiting for, everyone has been asking for, right? <laughs> we, we are getting, I don't know if anyone asked for this, but like, as soon as we saw that it was happening, we were like, uh, yes, please. Okay. I, I, I want to actually talk about that. We're talking about light year and yes. this, this is perfect because back in 2020, uh, or I think it was late 2021 possibly, but. No, late 20, 2020. No, it was for sure 2020. Yeah. Uh, when Disney did their Disney con and they started like going over like all their upcoming D23. Stuff. Yeah. They're going over all their stuff. Um, they were like, we're making a fucking Lightyear movie. And they showed us the first images and whatnot. And they told us that Chris Evans was going to be the voice of that buzz. And everyone was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And there were probably more outcries of like, they didn't support this idea. But I mean, I'll be honest. I was on board from from day one. I was on ground zero here. I am excited for it. Woody is my preferred char- character to get his own spinoff movie, but I think people are just really funny. Woody's gotten four Toy Story movies already. I think we can give Buzz one <laughs> goddamn yeah, movie. I think that's why. We're, well, Buzz got the TV show. so But yeah, and I'm hoping that it, we get something like the TV show, dude, because I loved the TV show growing up. I like the whole concept. That's what sold me. Because I'm like, how are you going to do this if you're making a movie about a toy? But like, I'm pretty positive that like the canonic story is that this is like a Transformers Michael Bay movie. There was there was a character and a show for Buzz Lightyear. And then there was a toy. And now this is the reboot movie for that nostalgic toy inside of like like if when I think about it like that, I'm like. What a what a brilliantly unique idea for Pixar to do. They can be incredibly meta with this idea. And then you then you tack on the fucking voice cast that the fact that the animation in the trailers is some of the best Pixar animation we've ever seen. It's always stepping it up and up and up. And like you can't I don't know how they can even keep topping themselves. But sooner or later, Pixar is going to be able to make like 100 percent photorealistic movies. Of just human bodies. It's going to be crazy. But I mean, like I said, this I could not be more excited about this. This is. I mean, it's Buzz Lightyear, man. He was my favorite. I remember I think I dressed up for him as Halloween or as him for Halloween for like three years as a kid. Yeah, he's he's I remember birthday parties with him and, and there was a board game that I had of him, too. That was kind of fun. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm excited for it. I certainly can't wait. The voice cast looks great and the effects look Dude, like- Chris Pratt was the choice, man. His voice, his deep, raspy Who? voice. Who? Oh, God damn it. Chris Evans is the right choice for this role. Like, no doubt in my mind. Captain America, his, his deep, raspy voice is just a tick off from Tim Allen doing the same thing for Buzz Lightyear's voice. They sound incredibly similar. It's not just Chris that Chris Evans is like Captain America and he's the hottest thing in Hollywood. They found a guy that actually sounds true to the character, which I really appreciate. And let's talk about the fact that Taika Waititi is in this movie. Oh, and I had no fucking idea until this last trailer. No fucking idea. And I now... Could not be more excited. This dude is tearing up Hollywood. His Instagram stories are only getting funnier and funnier of his little trip with his kids to New Zealand. And man, if if the, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler, but God damn it, I can't wait for Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're skipping ahead there. Uh, yeah. I mean, this might be. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the film that makes the most money in the in the summer. I'm not. I mean, I truthfully like, no, 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 no. It'll be the Marvel movie. Uh, uh ooh, maybe not because yeah, I think longevity has your favors light year. Because I think I'm looking at what comes after this film before Thor four, and it just seems like it has enough weight to where for three weeks it could just keep making money, keep making, yeah. money, and then oh, very true, just slowly kind of milk it as we get into the fourth week because there might be some people that don't take their kids to see thor 4. yeah no the, and there and you know what there might be people that go see lightyear by themselves and then enjoy them as the like millennial adults Ooh. that they are yeah, and then they the, bring their kids the next week when they can go on a five dollar tuesday oh. or whatever like this and that's just racking up dollars not even that's that. You'll get the you know the 10 o'clock the nine o'clock showings of people our age that want to go see this like you'll you'll get i mean yeah there's still teenagers going to like the late sonic 2 shows and that's annoying Mm -hmm. but uh no i totally agree i think the dude that's why in the boc you got to watch out for these pixar movies and it's just a fucking shame that i got i picked the turn the one that had uh the disney plus release for no goddamn reason whatsoever absolutely no discernible reason whatsoever in retrospect no i mean yeah not wrong that that was kind of uh, a call made way too early for sure. Right. All right. Going into the next week. Um, I guess I can say the film that is bigger. <laughs> uh, Elvis Presley ever heard of yes. him? might've gone by the King, but we're finally getting uh, another biopic of a musician. Yes. Uh, a long My favorite sub genre. It, it seems like every year you're going to get your superhero film. We got two this year. You're, you're going to get your film about a director's childhood and what his life memories meant to him. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, you're going to get a music biopic. And I think that is the That's trinity really of box office. I know, right? I just kind of came with that on the spot. I don't need to give me the credit or the gloat on that one, but we can. But yeah, Elvis, I mean, who doesn't like his fucking music? I mean, it's still today. It's like a really great thing to or rock out. Um, adults in the 50s who thought he was shaking his hips for the devil. Okay, well, those people can go <laughs> fuck themselves. Yeah, uh, Elvis, I, love Elvis I think music. this, uh, another thing to kind of talk about. I remember this was another role that like so many people were trying to get in Hollywood and deservingly so it made the most sense. Um, right off the bat, I'll just say like, so Austin Butler is playing Elvis Presley, but it also was being taught after with Miles Teller, Harry Styles, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Ansel Edgord. 
um, if I my memory serves me correct, it really came down to Miles Teller, Harry Styles, and Butler. Like those three were the ones that had the strongest audition. I mean, I'm guessing Harry Styles. So Harry Styles probably had the performance down. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Miles Teller kind of has the look for me. But Austin I, Butler is pro is I'm guessing the amalgamation of the two. Yes, yeah, I I personally was really gunning for Miles Teller, but that was before he got Top Gun. I'm, I think I don't even yeah. know, bro. It feels like Miles Teller disappeared for a long time, and apparently he was making the show about making The Godfather and Top Gun and all this stuff, and it's just I think I thought after, he was just done. <laughs> I think after the failure that Fantastic Four was, he kind of stepped out of those big. But he made that boxing movie. Where he was like, no, but like high budget in a way. Like I uh, think it just well, yeah, made him step down and do those lower. I hadn't even seen that box movie. Uh, bleed, bleed, bleed like this, bleed for this. Something he was like the Wolverine or the or the the yeah, something like that. Um, now this is directed by Baz Luhrmann, who uh, he's a very eccentric director to begin with. I mean, you either like him or don't. Like, there's no way around that. I mean, I that's the best I can describe it. He he directs some pretty wild entertaining films that are not for everyone or for a certain amount of crowd people this also has Tom- gatsby right he did gatsby and he also did the and Rump- he did moulin rouge yeah moulin rouge so he's very familiar in the genre i would say as well yeah i mean musicals yeah that when when he was selected for the director this led me to believe this was going to be a more uh magical uh like surrealist uh d- t- retelling of the life of Elvis Presley like how Rocket Man was where it felt like a music video when you were hitting the song sequence cuz like Baz Luhrmann is very stylistic but then we get to the trailer and it does seem more like a Bohemian Rhapsody situation where it's just like being inserted during his live performances and you don't really get to see that like more music video hyper realistic or like surrealistic it's aspect of the movie so i don't know it's, it's still kind of up in the Ooh. air uh it also has timing so i just want to say that before Tim i get deep, deeper into my thing here but i saw a week or two ago uh bass came out saying that like this film is more so just it's not it's about elvis presley but it's also about the people that grew up in that time around elvis presley and like what it meant to them and like how it changed america in that time so it's really weird to kind of see or hear that um, I'm going to be curious just to see how much of his career they kind of show, uh, because we do know that. I don't think I, they're going to get very far down the line. I don't even think they get to like the Vegas, like him. Well, actually, fuck. Did we see that at the end where he was like, goes from like, like the, where he goes from the suits to the like grindstone jumpsuits and white uh, gla- and, and like golden sunglasses and whatnot, like the Vegas Elvis. Yeah, it, it seemed like they showed a lot of the film or not the film, but just like how his uh, aging through. I mean, yeah, that uh, that's never really a good thing with a musical biopic. If you're trying to tackle tackle like too big of a time span, it can get muddled down. And this is also, though, the first like I would say, well, I shouldn't say that I take that back. Literally, I want to be slapped in the face. Um, Kurt Russell did an Elvis Presley film back in the day, and he was one that like he's been the one actor that has been really centered or grounded when it comes to like how, who's done this and how it's been done before. Um, and that's one that I actually really need to watch. I know we both mentioned it and put it in our watch list. Um, that one was directed by John Carpenter too. So uh-huh. that one, is, and that's a three hour film, but we'll have to watch that before we get into this one. But yeah, it's um, 
it's going to be one of those films that I think when it comes out, you're going to hear a lot of mixed reviews. I think that it comes with its bag baggage. I I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Butler can do as, as Elvis. Um, like I said, big fan of his films and we're, you know, Tom Hanks approval rating here is, is through the roof. I don't think. He, <laughs> and he does a transformation. Like he, he's wearing this a lot of. Oh yeah. Watch out for the makeup yeah. award to go to this fucking performance for Elvis. Almost guaranteed. He plays his ma- manager. Transfer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or, or and, and of some kind. And I heard he's like, this is one of the darker roles that Tom Hanks. Yeah. So be prepared for that one, folks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking got at- Priscilla Presley's seal of approval. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know like this is just something that I always look into, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a long film. Like, I feel like this could be one of those two and a half hour films. Um, longer than your bohemian give it to me dude more the more the longer the movie the more elvis songs we get to hear Mm -hmm. uh next we get the black phone which was a film that was been really um delayed in in this terms but it's it's the re re reteaming of scott dickerson and ethan hawk of previous sinister film and that movie scared the shit out of me i will admit to that this is a horror film that comes out in the summer. So like we just talked about, this could be one of those that, that makes money. It is a Jason Blumhouse produced film. And he said last week at CinemaCon that this film is scary as fuck. And he, I think they're <laughs> really driving that home on, you know, it's a scary film. So you, you might get that early buzz. And I wouldn't be surprised if this has a pretty good approval rating like this. You know, uh, it's a good mix. Scott Dickerson previously directed the first Doctor Strange as well. So he's not... Um, a stranger when it comes to you know that darker tone to say the least and Ethan Hawke fucking fantastic that's always he's on he's on a run so he's he's never stopped man he's never stopped he's like Forrest he's like in Tom Hanks and Forrest Company just kept running and that's that's an Ethan Hawke (laughs) career Uh, I will I'm looking forward to it I'm gonna see it I believe I I know very little about it uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I should quickly mention that. But it's about it's about a child ab- uh, adopter. Woo. Yeah, that might turn people away. No. Um, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13 year old boy starts receiving calls from a disconnected phone from the previous killer's victims. That sounds pretty cool. I won't lie. That sounds pretty. Yeah. Cool. So and like we've said before, you know, it has Blumhouse all over it and it has people that are familiar with this genre. And that's always a plus 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 plus. Uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll see how it turns out uh going into i think that is the end of nope sorry we got one more in june marcel the shell with shoes on this is a very small i, I shouldn't say very small film because the shell is bro do you know what that is did you not watch the trailer no i know but like oh, yeah, a, i'm pretty it, sure it's based off like a vine series it's it, uh i'm seeing that it was an ad- adaptation of a short film uh, but it looks adorable. I think it started on Vine. It looks adorable as fuck. I will yeah. lie. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. A24 produced film that is as as gold as it can be these days. As finding gold. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It just, it looks adorable. It looks like a film that I think people can sit and watch and feel relaxed and like not have any worries when it comes to other things. And that's what you want in movies. You want to escape. And I think just how wild it it sounds on paper and how it looks i think it could be better than all that combined so i'm looking forward to that one and it, it 
also, you know, it's rated PG, so that could be one of those films that parents feel comfortable taking their kids to, too. You know, like, well, yeah, it might be A24's first, you know, legit kids film. What a wild way to say that. What coming forward, dude? Adam Sandler is always for kids. A24, what the fuck are you talking about? Uncut gems, baby. Oh, oh, slap me again. Okay, uh, July. Now we are in, um, this would probably be the halfway point, don't you think? Um, I, 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 think that. Um, I mean, without much of a bummer, August is not really. Yeah. So we have, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, I really want to joke with this, but I don't have any at the moment. But Minions, the Rise of Giru, a group. Jeez, I'm really, yeah, like that goes to show you, I don't know a lot about this. I I enjoyed <laughs> the minions in Despicable Me. I did. I thought they're freaking awesome. Uh, hilarious. It's what like, I love. Banana. I love sending the give. What? Like, I love that shit. But why we're getting like a third or fourth minions movie is just some the biggest money grab you can come up like you can think of in a way. And like they're going back to its origin. Like this is, dude, this is literally Gru's origin story. Like you hear the jokes like this, this is his origin story. This is the villain the villain origin story like this is what it is um just a wild combination of that and it's been delayed for a long like this is i think one of the earlier films that when it was announced as a as it being pushed back it straight got a year like they weren't messing around with it and so i wonder if people it's i mean we're talking about the illuminations illumination studios and like they're not always good i know you're an expert at this but like it seems like they're oh, all yeah right? no uh here if i look let me look at their their filmography i don't think they're all bad but i would say that with the whole minions thing it's like three despicable me movies later and a minions movie like i don't know why we're just now getting to this i feel like that's it, run its course but I could be very wrong. And whenever this movie comes out, Minion Mania is back in full swing. And like all the kids are fucking wearing Minions t-shirts and running around with Minion stuffies again. And like they're already trying to insert more Minion shit into the theme parks. I'm pretty sure. I think they tore down the Shrek uh, 4D theater ride and and right across from the already minions ride that replaced my one of my favorite rides which was like the nickelodeon jimmy neutron cartoon rocket thing and i think they're gonna make shrek more minion stuff it is an ip that sells and sells and sells and sells dude people were afraid that their kids were gonna start learning like speaking gibberish and having speaking impediments because of the minions and how they talk i mean it's really not surprising that this is coming out but I have to say, after all that shit, if they were going to make a Minions movie, following up where they left off after the first one, where they finally meet young Gru and we see that like that them build their relationship together and why they're a team and why Gru like has all of the Minions that are in the Despicable Me movies. That's what I would want to see. So I'm honestly just I'm going to watch this. I'm excited enough to see it. So this is just a sequel. I thought it was the third fucking. It's film. a sequel to the Minions movie, <laughs> oh, which is a prequel to the three Despicable Me movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll watch this with you. Um, I wish uh, my our producer is a fan of the Minions, uh, and, mm. and that like I can't. Back he is actually going to be working off site that week, apparently. 
<laughs> She's gonna be working off site a long for a long time. I know. But we don't need to talk about that. Uh yeah. And you know what? The other thing about this, uh Steve Carell seems to be having fun doing it. And you know what? Fucking awesome. You've played Michael Scott, you have the permission to do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the voice is really funny. I, I know. Yeah. Um and like, yeah, the comedy is super childish, but it does have their moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on, uh, I don't think there's anything else the following week. Um, yeah, I mean, Illumination has like Sing and Secret Life of Pets and The Grinch. And besides like Sing One, those the rest of those are pretty mid, but it's not the worst. Yeah. Blue Sky, what used to be the worst, but now Man, I think they are owned by Disney. If only, if only we did like an animated movie draft to kind of really let me learn i'd win the shit out of it but then when we would send it out to people to vote it would be wrong so well some i mean hey just because you you have a winning team on paper just doesn't mean you win the whole thing anyways now for the movie that's the only movie this summer that i really even care about seeing where the car dead scene i I mean i i am too i mean we get we get taylor's actually it's pause of fury with Sam Jackson and Michael Sarah. No. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder. We talked about it a good amount when the trailer came out this last week. But like, God damn it. If this movie isn't my most anticipated movie of the year, then I'm not Brett Trainer. Do you think that if you, you know, I hate to to even ask this question, but like if you can only watch one film, this it would, would be, be Thor Love and Thunder. If you can only watch... Uh, this this film, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it would be the answer to all of my questions. <laughs> right. No, I mean, if if this okay, if I had to choose one movie of the entire year, I would what probably if, choose Thor: Love if, and Thunder. What if on January first, you were told you can only watch one movie this year, and it could be now? You can watch it right now. Would it still? Yeah, it would be. It would still be Thor: Love and Thunder. Your letterbox would be fucking skinny, slim. Well, duh. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> that's the stipulations of this mythical deal that you're putting before me. But yeah, I mean, that is an. Uh, I feel like you would say the same thing about the Batman. Uh, it's just very unfortunate because I'd miss out on gems like uh, mil- or uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. The Northman, unbearable weight. But oh, you hear that? Is- the Northman. Oh wow, what a fucking wow to hear that. Dude, um, we're still too butthurt about that whole situation, and I refuse to talk about it too. All right. Well, that's what back to back to the the true Northman, the, the Norse god himself, Thor. Dude, just uh, imagine did the Northman. <laughs> I'm just gonna, really... yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be crazy. Uh, and we didn't actually get to talk about the scenes of the Northmen where they like they were doing the Valkyries flying up to Valhalla like that. We kind of brushed over all of that, like mythology stuff that they injected into the story. But anyways, we're getting off track. No, Thor Love and Thunder is still my most anticipated movie of the year. I cannot wait to see how funny it is. I can't wait to see the visual effects, the action. I can't wait to see Christian Bale, uh, hopefully be another one of the elite level Marvel villains out there. Like I know he can be. So we'll, we'll see, man. There's not much more to say that I haven't already said about this movie. I can't fucking wait. Yeah. And I know with how this weekend we're getting, um, Dr. Strange two and how that kind of closes off and what it might tease 
it could we've haven't had this in a while i mean you can literally correct me if i'm wrong here but a lot of times when you have the after credit scenes from marvel films they're supposed to anticipate the next film that comes out so if we were to get something for thor 4 we could uh, get it as early as this week i mean i know we just recently got the trailer but this would be something that i am obviously very anticipated seeing i don't think there's there's no way this could be a letdown because i mean i get to watch natalie portman look fucking jacked as all can be and christian we'll we'll see i mean the only real complaint that i think could ever come to be would be like oh there's too much stuff but if it's too much taika watiti directed comedy and amazing visuals and badass action sequences and thor and the guardians flying around and kicking ass like if it's even if it's too much and a little messily structured i'm not gonna give a shit See, but I mean, he has created such a great formula that it's kind of so good. He's like, like he is, he is, I feel like Taika Waititi's so good at directing, but I also feel like just by personality alone, he feels like the kind of guy that just doesn't give a shit. Like he has an expertly crafted vision, like an artist style vision. But then he's like, all right, let's just fuck around and like figure this out real quick. And like he's so low key, so mellow. And I can only imagine working on one of his sets is just the most fun time. And when that happens, it usually leads to better performances, happier actors, better performances. So I, I mean, he's one of the best. And I think what's also going to be great about this one, too, is we get to see Christian Bale play a very sinister character. I mean, he hasn't really done much of that. We haven't seen anything about it either. Uh, And they're really keeping it really close, um, close knit. And so I'm excited to kind of see how that plays out, especially just for what it does for phase the rest of phase four as we get into phase five. And and it should go without noting. And we'll talk about when we get there. But like when does phase four end? uh, I think 2049. I'm not mistaken. I think I saw the report for that. <laughs> you already, all right. Um, but also, like, w- you know, when we talk about Thor four, I mean, it should go without noting that, like, this was a, fran- a film franchise that could have easily have been ended at, at Thor two. Like, Tatiki right brought this back to life, and so he might be able to close off his own trilogy. So, like, knowing the impending success that this will bring, a Thor five would be very interesting if, it, given the story. Uh, and given like- yeah that's the biggest question mark about that whole thing is like how are they going to end this story are we not going to see chris hemsworth as thor anymore is natalie portman going to completely take over are we going to be in like a whole new situation when it comes to these gods like the norse gods and the and the greek and like the greek gods and like gores just like killed everyone whatever who knows that's the question the big yeah and then, and on that note i'm always going to be curious now especially going into this week and with dr trench too is like with these with the stories and the plot points of the film themselves how much do they mean towards the next film i know you know the multiverse the madness is going to obviously break things open but does it affect thor 4 love and thunder and then when we get to thor love and Fun- thunder thunder does it does it i think it very well could because like there's a lot of people saying that this is like a multiversal natalie or uh Jane Foster Mm -hmm. because like I don't know how how does she find well I I like how does she find all the pieces of meal near how does she reconstruct it how does she fucking wield it again we we don't have these answers and they're gonna be answered in these next in the net in like a couple months and again give it to me now please right 
Yeah. And, and once again, I know when we get to this episode, it's going to be more fun. So I can't wait to have that discussion. Right. Especially with you live in a studio. Right. And I, here's a tease. I'll we probably also be on other podcasts talking about that movie. Cause I'm yeah, apparently, excited about yeah, it. Right. So I also like, I think I would from like the, well, no, we'll do this. At, I'll, I'll go through streaming at the end. Uh, Cause I kind of passed them on June, but okay. Yeah, we'll come back to that one. Uh, next, we have Where the Call Dad Scene, and this is a film, a book adaptation, a very popular um, book adaptation. It stars Daisy Edgar Jones, who is honestly going to become one of the next It Girls. Uh, she's a very great actress. She was in the TV show Normal People that aired uh, at the beginning of 2020. Uh, very heartfelt show that is on Hulu. I do recommend that one. And it's um, produced by Reese Witherspoon. And I think that's going to bring a crowd into it. You also get your crowd of when books become adaptations. And like given the central plot with this one, uh, a woman who's raised herself in the marshes after her parents have been murdered, she becomes, or I guess missing, but she becomes a suspect herself when the murder of a man uh, she was involved with is found. So it has, it had, I know, right. It has, um, those mystery vibes that you got with there was an entanglement and girl on the train. So I'm, I'm really interested to see that one. It also supposedly has a new Taylor Swift song and that's going to bring people out. Oh no. I don't don't expect this. I don't expect this to be a box office grab, but I think it being released in the summer might be good. A a, a good thing. Uh, I feel like moms will like it. I feel Yeah. I feel like this is one of those where like, if it was dropped in September, October, it wouldn't do too well. But in the, in the summer where everyone has their attention out, I think it could be a pretty good film. When a, when a group of moms are like, it's too hot to go on a summer stroll, they're like, let's go see a movie. Oh, I've we all read that book at book club. We'll go see that movie about that book we read. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, we didn't even mention this, but I guess I should kind of say um, July 4th is a Monday, and that is that weekend is when Minions comes out, and that is always a very popular weekend for uh films it's just so dumb it's it's weird because you think on july 4th no one goes to movie theaters i've seen it they don't you've seen it they don't at nighttime uh but yeah like that that first two weeks are always usually big so this being the third week it's gonna be interesting to see how that does i just note that they're also like you said there's pause of fury legend of hank i sure there's bro i am almost certain this was supposed to be like some kind of weird children's remake of blazing saddles but with samurais not sure bro and it, you, i think it was called like blaze it, well me and bill had like looked into this a while like very early database it was like called blazing something instead of pause of fury internet movie database says this is the first movie announced as a remake to mel brooks's blazing saddles How yeah is i do not yeah because mel i think mel brooks is in it and he's a producer so that like gets me interested, but like if it's really a kids movie, like I don't, it looks, it looks pretty funny, but I it's it came out of nowhere, dude. Who'd ask for this? Yeah, uh, we also get Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Uh, the trailer came out for that last week. Whatever that is, uh, it, it has Leslie Manfield. I don't know if you you know her, but it, she well she's from Phantom Thread, but you wouldn't know. So um, who? Oh fuck me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to be obviously an interesting film. I'm sure, you know, we watch everything, so we'll probably watch that. I probably will not be watching Mrs. Harris go to go. To I, Paris. you know what? I'm going to prank you. So don't return. Oh, to the podcast. 
And the following, the next week, I think, um, I think this film is probably, if we were to do like our three most anticipated films, this is probably up there for me. We're in the next film of Jordan Peele. This is Nope. This film, it had its trailer drop around Super Bowl weekend. And I think it just really, um, anytime you talk about Jordan Peele, you're getting deep into like, what's this movie about? Because we've already gone through Get Out. We've already gone through us. And like, we know that he, you know, brings these twists and turns and these character motives and developments out of, you know, it's unbelievable how he does it. Uh, I mean, already an Academy Award winner. And with Nope, you're, it play, starts the residence of a lonely glitch inland California bears. What the fuck? That is not the plot. Oh my God. Okay. What, I don't know why Internet Movie Database has a very vague plot to it, but from the trailer, it shows, it's, it looks like it involves these people that work on a ranch for what looks like um, for stunt work. They have horses that they use in movies to do stunts. And it seems like there is some form of alien invasion about to take place um there's some actions some alien action what looks like it but no knowing jordan peele is behind that and you also have dalen kalula kiki palmer steven yoon that's gonna be fucking amazing i i really can't wait they're doing a really good job at not showing everything in any like the one trailer we got and the early runtime for this has been the north of two hours um i saw something about two hours and 40 something minutes which give it to me Oof. give it to me this would be so cool um i'm i'm hoping we don't get too much when a second trailer comes out i think knowing jordan peele's films they do best on the success is best when it comes to like not knowing the mystery that's what you had with us talking about the blues game a little bit okay couldn't tell uh and i i mean i know uh get out surprised the fuck out of me it really did and i think a lot of people could agree with that and going into us, that was one of those films where like watching it with an audience was really cool. Even if you can kind of map out the, you know, what comes to the twist ending, you can kind of do that. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this one just seems like it's gonna be a Western alien film, and that sounds fucking amazing. So I'm I'm all aboard on that one. And I I can't I can't wait. I really can't wait. Um Gordon Peel presents Cowboys versus Aliens. If that is your letterbox review and that is the only words of your letterbox review, that would be fun. That'd be baller. That would be baller. I feel like I won't be the first one to do that. I know. Yes. I'm sure someone already funny. Dude, it's uh, that's it. Yeah, that is what it looks like. I am now at, like far removed from us when that came out. I am 50 50 on Jordan Peele. I did not like us. I, I thought I, like I thought it. it was violent and brutal, but that the, the all of the great thematic and structural aspects of get out were not present in us as much as I thought they were in get out. And what made get out so good was how like multi-layered it was, especially in the screenplay. Yeah. And this seems more closer to the us side of what he was doing than the introspective get outside. So I, I don't like, especially if it's two out two hours and 40 minutes, that's going to be hard to like, keep your point for all that time so we'll we'll definitely see but this is the one i'm like more little hesitant uh towards than a lot of other people damn i'm looking at some trivia for this and apparently jesse jesse plemons was offered one of the lead roles but he had to turn it down because he yeah he's a he could be a scary racist white man 
he wanted he wanted to do the role. He got the lead in Killer of the Flowers Moon, which yeah, which that's a whole conversation in and of itself. Um, yeah, so I'm on board with this one, uh, and I can't wait. I agree with you on us. I was like halfway with it, uh, but Get Out still fantastic movie. What I and I'm gonna I want to say it now, like as we close on that one, but with with Get Out and with Up or with Fuck with Up with Get Out, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the poster and you just see like the balloons in the air and like that's where my mind. <laughs> with the scissors about to cut great, it. Great beard, great beat this. Um, bleh. Okay, three, two, one. <laughs> um, what I like, what I thought was really cool that Jordan Peele brought to Get Out and Us is the songs that he like brought back to life, you know, like with oh yeah, with like the trailers. With, yeah, get with the the I got five on it. I got five on it and the um, I can't remember the one for get out. The black bone, not black bone. Um yeah. Um red bone? Red bone. The like was it the fucking was it childish gambino? Yeah red bone, red bone, red bone, red bone. Um I can't wait to see what we get with with nope because you know it's gonna happen we're gonna get some kind of re- rejuvenation between like one of the one of the songs that he decides to do with that and i like that shit i do i like when movies bring in a song that really does well with like the central story being told was there a song over the trailer i didn't i didn't i can't remember i think it, yeah me neither i haven't watched it in a long time but anyways so moving on uh we got bullet train i i mean <laughs> the trailer a lot of train movies this year the the movie the trailer speaks for itself. Um, five assassins aboard a fast moving bullet train to find that their missions have something in common. I want to say that this so this film all right stars Brad Pitt, a cameo of Sandra Bullock, Zazie Beetz, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Joey Keane, Michael Shannon, Logan Lerman, Bad Bunny. Uh, Riku- yeah, what is with this? I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off because what is with this Bad Bunny just being an actor thing? Um, I refuse to discuss anything like that because it makes no sense. So weird. I, I don't know, man. If pe- and people want to uh, give him a role as a superhero. Good luck with that. Good yeah. luck with that. You saw what happened. Dude, when you're, yeah, you're trying to give him a character that even I don't know from the Spider-Man like mythos. So good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, so, and then this also stars Brian Tyree Henry. Um, I'm excited as fuck for this i think it's gonna be wild uh it might not have the best plot let's be real but if the action like holds up and it comes pretty well together i i can't fucking wait well i gotta imagine the action's gonna hold up you got half of the mythic duo that brought us john wick in deadpool well no well one of them did went off to do deadpool the other went and did atomic blonde Mm -hmm. and i think we got the atomic blonde guy for this one david leach Yes, yeah. And also producer Antoine Fuqua, which I mean that name alone. Uh, he's, yeah, he's a, that's a pretty touted name in the, the action game. I, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm excited as fuck. He made that. the superior uh, uh magnificent seven oh my god, magnificent seven movie, right? If you saw my review. <laughs> um wait, did I? I don't think I did yet, because the last time I looked, I still could only see Blaine's. Oh, well, I mean, I, not like, oh, my God, this is going to be a whole thing. I, I mean, it was cool. <laughs> if I Dude, had I, there are there old. Do you only like the Clint Eastwood old westerns? I'm probably going to end up cutting there's, all this. There's there's some I like. I just I don't know what it is, man. But like, I just wasn't as um as there was. I I know I 
beat the horn when I come around on this, but like I had to understand the time of which a film is being made in and like the disadvantages that they have compared to what we have now. And sometimes I feel like when you, when you hear a gunshot and a guy just falls and you know, the gun was not aimed at him, but he still fell like, and he plays a central character. And then like the oh, next scene review shows, it. You only the next scene it. shows that he has a bullet wound. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's weird. It doesn't take it doesn't take much to fix that. Um, I love. Why are you watch? Why did you watch Gattaca and Oz the Great and Powerful? Oh, for really calling me out on my. This would be a great. Yeah, this is a ridiculous. This is a ridiculous four last four movies watched on your letterbox. Okay, well, the Oz and the Great and Powerful makes sense to why I watched that. Uh, And you forgot the. Unbelievable, like the, the outrageously awesome Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Um, but Gattaca was like one of those that I've had on my watch list for so long. And Netflix finally brought it back to stream, and I just wanted to check it out. And you know, it was it was cool. It was good. I mean, that's funny. You won't see it in my recommendation at the end of this episode. But pretty funny. moving uh, moving along here, you also are on the same weekend. You get the DC League of Super Pets. Um, yes this is this might be a pretty fun animated film uh you basically get superheroes that we've come to know and love within dc but it's focused on their pets um dogs uh, i think the only thing that bums me out is this is going to be the only time we get to actually see keanu reeves as batman and i feel like it's not going to be a lot and that bums me out I think it's mostly going to be the rock and Kevin Hart doing the rock and Kevin Hart sort of thing. And like, yeah, that's funny for a little bit, but it can it uh, hold up for an entire animated movie and also be like a fun comic book movie. That's truthful to the comics and these uh, like animal characters that are in the comics. We will have to see. (laughs) I mean, you certainly, yeah, like you're saying, they do have a great voice cast, though. And I think that goes to show with a lot of animated films, you know, the voice cast brings people to it, too. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I want to keep my my level low on it because obviously that can improve as we get closer to it. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited for it, man. I mean, it's kind of weird that we're getting something like that, you know, like you would imagine Marvel would do something like this first. Oh, man. Uh, someone. Oh, yeah. I was like, it's someone of awesome note. <laughs> um, John Krasinski. That's so cool. Dude, that's going to be a hell of a press tour. What do you mean? Like just watching, the, like, you know how everyone does interviews and they like get the guys. They'll like put two people together and do an interview with them. So like the groupings could potentially be any of two Kevin Hart, The Rock, John Krasinski and Keanu Reeves. That would be pretty fucking yeah that'd be entertainment but yeah i mean dude is there anything even of note left to talk about after that well i mean you got a couple that come out in august that i think are going to be you know some some like what because i have no idea what half of these are on my list so bodies 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 is that trailer that i showed you last week that looks just wild and it's going to be kind of hard to predict what happens here but yeah but is that a summer blockbuster no, but I think it's a fucking okay. <laughs> we should see in the summer. That's what I'm saying. Dude, There's no more. It's August. And is it's still this. No, what I'm trying to say is it's still this like dog days of summer out there in August. And well, there is just nothing huge coming out. But that's a completely open landscape that I think a lot of movies just moved out of for no reason, because we're we're pretty much 
through COVID for the most part, at least until it comes back in the winter. And studios keep pushing their movies out of these certain dates. And like, so now we have a whole month of just like what's going to be really mid ass movies. Um, how you're saying with that open landscape at August, uh, I, I, I agree. However, I think this could be a really good year in which with there being an open slate here, you have films that can make the 40 to 50 mil total or something like that. And it could be proven a success. Uh, it sounds wild to say that, but I think that could be true. Um, yeah, but are they I, good and are they things that I want to see? That's the question is still out I, on that. I don't know if you watched the trailer for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, if you're listening, if you haven't, it looks fun. It looks like a riff of Scream and I guess like Ready or Not. Like there's a good combination going on here with the comedy horror. And like, a, I don't think I'm going to go see Easter Sunday Okay, well, in August. There's a reason why I didn't write the that. The hell is that doing in there? But it, ha- it has an interesting... Um, young cast that I think are going places and then Pete Davidson and Lee Pace uh, Resurrection uh, supposedly this comes out uh, around this weekend I don't know if it might hit streaming though uh, this is a really great film that I had a chance to watch during Sundance this year it stars Margaret, or Margaret Rebecca Hall she plays the character named Margaret but it, it that film it's fucking wild like you have to um, you have to be on board with its imagination in a way. Like, I know that's a weird thing to say, but if, if you allow, if you trust the film and you allow it to tell its story, uh, when you get to the end, you are like, you're mesmerized by what, by what happened. And I, I really love the film for that. And Rebecca Hall is just, um, if we want to really kind of go into it, Rebecca Hall is on a really good run of like thrillers. Um, if you have a bad beat to say about the night house, you're fucking wrong. So I hope you, get good sleep tonight even though you don't Sassy. sleep <laughs> you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. uh now i do want to i mean i don't want to like i mean this is how take it what you want but i've been seeing this film called secret headquarters for about three years now with michael penny and owen wilson and i don't know if it's ever been made or if it's ever coming out like i, I just i really don't it's been on here for the longest time so it would be interesting to see it's apparently it's about a young kid who discovers uh a secret headquarter under his home that belongs to a superhero and he shares it with his friend and he starts to believe that it might be his estranged father that might be living a double life that sounds really fucking cool if owen wilson is playing the superhero but it also Ooh, and the kid uh, according to a quick oh, google no. search is walker scoble yeah so that would be an interesting film that if it actually happens be pretty cool it would be pretty cool and i kind of like that plot i really do uh and then i also we have an this is kind of more of the, the latest entry to it, but the movie called Beast. And it is as crazy as it sounds, but it stars Idris Elba. And he plays a, a hunter that tracks down a lion, one of the biggest apex predators out there. It's about a father and his two teenage daughters who find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the Savannah has one apex predator. That, that sounds fucking awesome. Uh, I am a sucker for creature features. Uh, I think Brett can uh, contest that today when I sent him a trailer for the mm-hmm. the latest uh, shark film that's coming out. This movie, it sounds cool. Uh, I think it premiered like them it premiered, but they're talking about it at CinemaCon last week, and it's it you know it could be one of those pretty interesting players uh, at the end of the summer. So I'm, I'm I got my eyes on it. Uh, then we also have a movie called Samaritan which stars special Stallone and that one seems to be on a lower level of what Stallone's done lately. Uh, it's basically about a young boy who learns that a superhero 
who's thought to have been missing, he finds just kind of roaming through and he just kind of plays the whole good Samaritan part. Um, seems like it'll be more of the gentle side with Stallone, but it'll be interesting to see if people kind of connect to that story. So I kind of have my, uh, my eyes peaked on that one, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's for the most part, that's the films that come out in the summer. Uh, I do have a couple list of films that are streaming that I want to, I mean, there's going to be a new movie every week on like every streaming service. So this is only a minuscule bit of the list of movies that are going to come out over the summer, but these are probably the biggest names and the, the main hitters. Yeah. I just want to like, uh, like you're saying, uh, Netflix waits till like two weeks or three weeks before to really like announce the plot. But some of these do have release dates uh, or trailers. First one I, I want to point out hustle comes out June 10th. Uh, that is Adam Sandler's basketball film, which looks fucking amazing. We posted the trailer on our story about a couple months back when it aired, when it premiered. This movie looks really cool, really fun. Adam Sandler, if you don't know him, he loves Loves basketball. basketball. And they actually have a guy that plays basketball in real life. Uh, Not like the biggest name out there, but it's still really cool that they got someone that knows the fundamentals of the game. And you have an actor that really loves the craft of both the sport and acting. So I can't wait to see it. Uh, It is on Netflix. Another film that comes out with Netflix that comes out this summer, The Gray Man. And I just, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to dig in with this one. Uh, it's directed by the Rooster Brothers and it also stars, just, just hear me out. Stars a mustachioed Chris stars Evans. Chris Evans with the mustache. Ryan Gosling, Ana de Armas, Regime, James Page, and also Jessica Henwick, Billy Bob mm-hmm. Norton, Wagner Mora. Like it has a fantastic cast. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and Chris Evans plays the bad guy. Like it should be noted that he plays the bad guy. But this is about when the CIA's most skilled operative turns, whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers a dark agency secrets. A psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on the heads. That is Chris Evans' character, and the other character is Ryan Gosling. Uh, and it just sets off a global manhunt. And it looks like we're going to get a really cool, um, like seeing a bunch of. Uh, destinations and like that's always cool when you get your your action films and just from like reading into it it's supposedly being kind of targeted as a franchise for netflix like they want ryan gosling to kind of repeat this character and same with chris yeah that sounds awesome and i want to say it's based off a book and it's supposed to have like a big um it uh, a big you like, can do the on. the green man, the blue man, the red man. Oh yeah, you're gonna go all the, the colored mans. Yeah, so I'm I'm highly looking forward to this one. It comes out on Netflix supposedly sometime in July. I also think that it might get a theater run because sometimes they'll do that. Who knows? Another film that I want to point out that I think could be pretty cool. Um, it's called Day Shift. It stars Jamie Fox. Steve Howey, Discount Ben Affleck, Scott Adkins, and Dave Franco. Uh, this film, it's a hardworking blue-collar dad who wants to provide for his eight-year-old daughter, and he f- decides to, in the San Fernando Valley, he wants to do a cleaning job that uh, is a front. Like, he has a front. Uh, his job is a front for hunting and killing vampires. Like I, I, mm. I That could be really fun, um, especially if it just releases, uh, gets released at a pretty good time, too. But like uh, 
Jimmy Fox, I mean, he's really, um, I think, forgotten actor. Like, he's kind of taken his, his uh, taken uh, his, I guess, face out of the light for a while. Like, it doesn't seem like he works as much as he was in the early 2000s, the 210s or whatever. So it'll be really cool to see him get back in there and vampire movies. I mean, if they're done good, they slap, you know. There's another one called, oh. yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, there's another one that's highlighted uh, again. This might come out. This might not. Supposedly, it's in August. But this one's called Me Time, and it stars Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart and Regina Hall. And it's about a dad who finds time for himself for the first time in years while his wife and kids are away. And it reconnects with a friend for a wild weekend. Um, I, I mean, it it's going to be, you know, who knows what you're going to get into. But uh, the director, John Hamburg, he has uh, an interesting track record when it comes to just like, uh, comedies he did why him i love you man along came polly like some pretty fun films that have good rewatch value to it so i i think this would be an interesting one uh and it being on netflix i think kind of helps its success um i think it's going to paramount plus but on in the end of oh, may shit. like oh. on the 20th no, no 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 i'm talking about a different thing uh, on may 20th we get jackass 4.5 so that's gonna be something to look forward to Okay. Um, another one. Oh, and it's going to Netflix, actually, not Paramount Plus. That's yeah, pretty cool. It's weird. Okay, so there's another one on Netflix. This is the last one that I think you know. It tells me that I've seen that it comes out in the summer, and I think this one could be probably its best comedy. But I want to tell you the plot first, and then maybe you might pick up on the cast. But it follows a new couple and their families who find themselves examining modern love and family dynamics amidst the clashing cultures, societal expectations, and generational differences. This film stars Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. And oh, wow. the surrounding cast is Julia Louise Dreyfus, David Devochi, and Nia Long. And I think this could just be a bucket of entertainment. It there's a quick uh, when Netflix releases are like movies of 2022 trailer, like there's a couple scenes of this in there. And I think it could be just just a fun film that you can kind of watch with all kind of uh audiences out there and all that and so i'm 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 excited to see eddie murphy just just go toe-to-toe with jonah hill i think i mean we, we've seen the level of both their their comedy and so i can't wait for that one certainly uh i have for amazon prime this is a film that was originally going to be released in theaters but then prime bought it it's called shotgun wedding uh this is mm. the for lopez film that also stars josh uh dumal and uh, the plot for this one is a couple's extravagant destination wedding is hijacked by criminals. In the process of saving their families, they rediscovered why they fell in love in the first place. Kind of weird um, to be like why they dis- like discovering that they fell in love in the first place if they're already getting married. They could be one of those things if it was like on the rocks already, but that's not the case. So that would be interesting um, for it to be bought by Prime. I wonder if they saw something that whatever, but. Uh, I think, you know, Jennifer Lopez is on a run and Josh Jamal, he's been an actor that kind of puts on these action films anyways, but uh, that'll be an interesting one. I know uh, obviously we'll be checking that one out. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is an action film. Sounds badass as, as what I've been missing. Um, hmm. And the last one I have, I don't know if you have anything else, but it should. Well, come. I here I found a couple. There's an animated movie called The Sea Beast that is hitting Netflix around June, which I looks pretty. I mean, just animation alone looks really, really cool. And oh. then there's a uh, Spiderhead, 
which is a Chris Hemsworth another, led project. I didn't. I, I this, from what I what I'm seeing here, it's June 17th on Netflix. Well, that would be fucking awesome. But yeah, that that another Miles dude, Miles Teller's in that too. Like that would yeah. Be, like, so that'll be a cool one. But I mean, I think we, dude, I think we got to everything worth mentioning. Well, there is one film. Um, Senior year, starring Rebel Wilson. We finally we come back around, I, giving oh it its God. time I to shine. To, <laughs> I might have to edit this episode. Uh, so, Apple TV, uh, they are releasing uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth, which I think is uh, one of my favorite films of the mm, year. Okay, that one's gonna be huge. Um, they do have other films coming out. I know. Uh, keep your eye on. Chasha real smooth. I don't even think a trailer came out. I don't know, but that one is a very heartfelt film. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It brings a lot of emotions to the table and it has an unbelievable performance um, with Dakota Johnson and Cooper Reif, a filmmaker that is really just rising up the ranks. The other film that I wanted to discuss on Apple TV, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but uh, a very young director, um, very into like the superhero genre, but Martin Scorsese, his film, the killers of the flower moon has been targeting a like a july release like everywhere i see they keep talking about a july release um and i really hope that stays true it will get a two-week theater run because this film will be competing for awards yeah. you have to do that um yeah you can only imagine but this it'll film probably, it'll do it'll do a thousand theaters or whatever but this film stars leonardo dicaprio robert de niro and Jesse Plemons as its three central leads. It also has Brendan Fraser. It's Netflix, this correct? Is, oh, this is Apple TV. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. This I was about to say, is this Netflix best opportunity at winning an Oscar? Mm-hmm. No, it's Apple TV's opportunity to win another Oscar. Uh, this story is about the members of the O'Shea tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving the Jed, the J. Edgar Hoover. Um, Jesse Plemons, uh, it should be noted, like this film had a lot of rewrites within its production. Uh, originally, DiCaprio was going to play the lead, but that involved him, his character being um, apparently very sinister. And he tries to keep that image where that's not the case anymore i don't know i mean he did do Django, right. but he took on a lesser role so he's playing a more supporting character but still they had to change it to where his character had a bigger i guess piece of the story so it's really weird how this is all coming together but jesse Plemons does play the lead but it's gonna be really cool to see De Niro and dicaprio share the screen because those are two iconic legends and dicaprio and scorsese are reuniting once again and i that and same with De Niro and scorsese so like this is going to be a film that and De Niro or uh, and Scorsese and DiCaprio. It's just a love fest. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I hope this film comes out in the summer because uh, I'm getting really tired of waiting. It's been, I think it's going to, I think it's touted for a holiday release. My guy. Well, they've been, they've been saying July, like everywhere I go. Saying, I they've been saying, they've been saying, yeah, they've been saying they're done pushing movies back for a while. And yet we have, a different schedule shuffle every week. All of the, we could have talked about seven movies right now that aren't coming out till next year. What do you mean? Like what if the movies we talk about oh, right now I mean, get pushed? I mean, yeah, we literally were just talking about something got delayed last week that. Right. Oh, exactly. It's yeah, happening. Yeah. It's still happening every day, even though it feels like the world's getting back to normal, but we'll, 
Uh, well, fuck me. Obviously, I, just have to see what happens. But I, I think, I mean, dude, that's we we got through way more than I thought we were going to talk about. So well, that's very cool. And there's a lot of different, apparently, really apparently, interesting movies coming out. Apparently, apparently, this film is supposed to come out in November. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. I knew it was going to get a holiday. Oh, fuck me. But well, you're just excited for it. That's well, geez, fine. this thing is saying that it's getting okay. I don't believe this website. Who but... knows? We'll all see. God, when it's is... out, it's out. We'll see. But yeah, uh, I'm obviously gonna talk about that movie any chance I can get. Right. Um, right. That that's uh, that's like a, a summer breakdown. Like, I mean, you, there will be plenty to talk. Hell about. of a breakdown, if you ask me. Yeah, done by the best. I mean, you got to know what you want to spend. <laughs> Uh, or you're going to be rewatching the same shit. But yeah, we'll, we're, Brett and Brent are going to go to the movies so you don't have to for a lot of these. But, so. but you sh- you should still go to the movies. But yeah, I mean... You should still go to the movies. Support your local theater. Uh, uh, and that will do it for us this episode. Uh, next week, right. we'll come on. We'll break down Doctor Strange. It's going to be a big Marvel-heavy uh, episode, folks. We episode got the finale of Moon Knight and Doctor Strange. It's going to be a hell of a talk. Yeah, uh, I will definitely agree with you on that one. Um, I'm going to let you, what recommendation do you have this week to kind of close this out? Well, I was flipping around on Disney Plus and noticed that um, they got a lot of the 30 for 30 documentaries, specifically a lot of baseball ones with the season being in like a month in in full swing. Um, So I watched The Long Gone Summer which was a 30 for 30 documentary specifically about the year 1998, which was like this incredible, like historic baseball season where Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were battling it out for the home run record of all time, just going back to back home run for home run until inevitably Mark McGuire ends the season with 70 home runs. And unfortunately it's all kind of overshadowed by his the whole steroid scandal and i have very very strong opinions about what i think the uh, about the steroid era of baseball and how i think it's bullshit that these two incredible athletes and these people who changed the game and nearly saved baseball at a time where people like hated the mlb and like there was just a lockout three four years beforehand and they can never be in the Hall of Fame. I think that's a damn shame. But I loved seeing that how they like play, like how they played out the the whole battle of it all. Uh, it did lean a little bit heavier on Mark McGuire. So if you're a Cubs fan, just fair warning. But I loved, loved, loved this documentary. Um, yeah, you can kind of say that they the way that they saved baseball is kind of how Al Capone saved the dude. The they brought people out. There was a whole thing about how the Marlins they were, took out. weren't prepared for when the Cardinals came to town and they sold out that stadium after not, not selling like a thousand tickets the whole season or whatever. Okay. So uh, it's funny how I'm also going to stay in the realm of, of streaming here, but um, Ozark had its finale oh. premiered this week and they released part two of its four run, I guess you can call it maybe five with the way they split the four season, but this show um, it's in terms of its acting, it's writing, it's brilliant. Jason Bateman, Laura Linney, um, the Ozark. It, it was a great. Yeah. My favorite part of that show is the lake. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> it was a fun, it was a fun ride. I will say that um, I binged the shit out of it and then I kind of savored that last episode. I'm aware you don't watch TV unless it's Marvel. Man, there's there, it's like Ozark and Breaking I, Bad are the two that I really need to cross off my list. I will admit, um, this isn't one of those where like I'm running on high, like I really like to show. I do. Um, when you compare it to like Netflix shows, uh, I wouldn't like that's a list for another day, but like it in terms of um my immediate like end of series watch i thought the show was brilliant but knowing how it ends and how it plays out and all these characters goes with their stuff um i don't know on a rewatch it would hold up that well because um you lose that sense of touch in a way but uh i can't wait to see uh, what jason bateman does next because it seemed like he really likes telling stories and directing them rather than acting in them and if that's how he continues his career i don't blame him because he did phenomenal with this um, so I can't wait. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Laura Lenny wins an Emmy for this because she was unfucking believable in this season and they really let her, you know, take the brakes off. And so I was excited for that. And I was happy with how it ended. And that's always a plus when it comes to a TV show that you invest your time in. I mean, you really hate watching something and not liking how it ends. Um, and like you could be watching a show for 15 years or you can be watching a show for four years and that could really you know grapple your your recommendations or you can just binge it all in like a week <laughs> or you can binge it all in a week yeah but that's my recommendation i really love, like that show and hey i mean you're listening to this you're in missouri you know what the fuck the ozark is yeah i was about to say anytime yeah. you can shout out missouri i'm happy yep so that that's gonna that's gonna do it for us this week but we um we look forward to to you hearing us more <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, get ready for that lengthy MCU conversation when we when the whole multiverse gets broken into pe- millions of pieces with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But for this episode, that's going to be it from the both of us. Bye bye.